Welcome, you are listening to the Overseas Life Redesign Podcast, where you'll hear fun, relaxed, and inspirational interviews with people who are really living the dream. I'm Dawn Fleming, an attorney turned alchemist, and your host for the show, coming to you from the tropical island paradise of Isla Mujeres, Mexico. Listen to conversations with courageous souls who've stepped out of their comfort zone and designed a new way of life. They'll share their experiences, wisdom and offer practical steps you can take to redesign your life overseas. Listen and you'll believe if you can dream it, you can achieve it. Okay, I'm so excited to be here with Cindy Lou. I knew the first time I met you that you were somebody I really wanted to connect with oh. and had um, amazing stories to share. I already forgot. How did we meet? Well, um, we met at a party. At a, oh, that's right. Party. That's yeah, right. That's yeah. right. It was Brenda's and party. I just loved your story. You know, you went on vacation and never went home. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically what happened. I mean, I've been home since, but I was supposed to be here a week and end up renting an apartment for a year. Yeah. So let me ask you, did you have any inkling that you wanted to move overseas out of the U.S.? Yeah, it's or? funny. I just talked to a friend of mine that's known me for about 20 years and last night, and he lived in Costa Rica for a long time. And I used to always say, I was like, you are doing it. You know, his Facebook pictures were always him in some foreign country and surrounded by all these colors and sights and I, I always told her, I was like you're, you're just living the best life and the first time I came here which was about over two years ago I cried on the ferry on the way over and I didn't even know where I was going I just like wept when I saw it like I, I just had this sensation that felt like I was coming home you know and I, I had no idea I had come last minute um, with a friend because her other friend dropped out and when we got here I just felt something really special and so over the last two years I came four times twice I brought my now soon-to-be ex-husband um, and he didn't get it and the fact that he didn't get it uh, really accentuated for me how different we are and how our life goals were not lining up anymore you know and and i just really wanted to simplify and and live a different kind of life so when i came after we had separated i was supposed to just come for a week and he needed the house to work and i was like okay i'll just take off i won't spend that much money i'll go to isla mujeres you know and uh, I actually spent a week also in Mexico City. As soon as I got here, I was supposed to go to Playa del Carmen. I was supposed to do Mexico City for a week, Isla Mujeres for a week, and then Playa del Carmen for a week. Well, I never made it to Playa del Carmen. I just <laughs> got here, and then two days in, I was just feeling Isla so much. And... You know, I talk to land, right? It's one of the things I do is, is like I, I like input from nature and input from land. I have a great deal of respect for what it wants um, as far as whatever I can do. And I said, it's like, I know it's getting really crowded and here I am another, you know, expat. If, if you want me here, certain things have to happen or else it's not really possible. And I made a little list and everything on my list showed up. So there was definitely an energetic pull, pull you feel, that brought you here. Uh, you know, it's one of those sensations of 
life was just leading me, I had already felt a little bit like, okay, I've lost control of the wheel here. <laughs> you know, things are starting to happen in my relationship, in my in my world in um, in California, near Malibu, in the United States, and it just wasn't jiving with me. And this click that I felt here was just something really I had been longing for for a while, and I just looked at everything there and went like, I don't know what's here for me anymore that I feel in alignment with. And that's interesting to hear you say that because, you know, a lot of people really would think, oh my gosh, you live in Malibu, like that's the ultimate, right? right? Yeah, yeah. But not so much. Well, it's funny because the, the one of the books that I'm working on is about that happily ever after myth that I had been chasing and I know everybody's chasing that when I have the house, the husband, the job, you know, or career, I mean, I've had two, three fantastic careers. I'm in the right place. Right. And so, yeah, here we are living in Malibu and, um, now let me get this right. We were the servants of the celebrities <laughs> of Malibu. Okay? I'm not like in Malibu in one of the big mansions on the beach. We are serving up things for people in Malibu and thus live in Malibu. Oh, okay. So we're more like one of these Isleños, you know what I mean? That okay. that are you know, than than we were uh, one of the Malibu people. And the rich and famous I mean, you know what uh, we we were in the film and television industry, but not like they were, you know. <laughs> right. Like we're not, you know. We work for Pierce Brosnan and his wife. We do not aren't friends with them, you know. What I mean? <laughs> so I make inhalers for Martin Sheen and his family. I'm not friends with them, you know what I mean? Little so cast yeah, system. it's a little bit of a cast system. But it is a beautiful place, and probably the last place in the U.S. that I really felt like I could live and have a career. And and uh, once that stopped working out for me, I'm like, now what? It's <laughs> and the you're end of the from road. California, correct? Actually born in Taiwan. My family is Chinese. So they immigrated to um, Taiwan, which is funny, a little island off the coast of China. Right, right. <laughs> so when things got weird politically, they're like, let's get on the island. So I was born in Taiwan, and then they came to the U.S. when I was two. So you have that uh, adventure spirit in your genes, I would well, say, right? Well, I, I don't know about adventure. <laughs> it definitely is like things are getting a little too weird. Let's get out of here. Okay. You know, I definitely, I told my husband, that I was like, that immigrant code is in me to look around and be like this is messed up we gotta go you know and and so that is in me for sure and you think that's part of what he didn't get was that you really had that calling to to go and he he really didn't um you know it's funny because i was born i'm in heritage i'm chinese uh we went to taiwan that's where i was born then we went to America, and I really, when I was laying here, I thought, you know, I didn't choose that. I didn't choose to be an American. No. And he, there I was. I obviously learned the language perfectly and um, learned how to work and navigate and make friends and do all kinds of stuff. But there was always an uneasiness. And then when I got here, 
was like, oh, I'm not American. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's not in my blood to be like, I am American all the way. I, I, I don't relate to most Americans. You know, I relate to more of the Americans here because they also bailed. You know what I mean? So in that way, we're like, oh, we're from the same place that we all went. Like, screw that. You know, let's let's come here. So that was my sensation. It's like, I don't know if I'm Mexican, but I'm more Mexican than I am American as far as, like, what I'm experiencing as the heart and the soul. The being, culture. Yeah. The yeah. Culture. What their priorities are are more in alignment with my priorities now. Mm-hmm. So when you, you made this you know, pretty um, abrupt move in, in a lot of ways. Yes. <laughs> what uh, you said, things fell into place. You had a list of things that needed to happen, and they did. Would you? What would you say was your biggest challenge in that process? Um, I think I'm still going through it. You know, I've been here six months. I will not call myself anything but a glorified tourist at this point. I still don't know how to get package delivered. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like I'm still going back to the U.S. every two or three months to go get stuff and bring it back um so uh, i've definitely learned certain things i mean probably one of the biggest challenges for me and i think it would be equally difficult in the u.s is i haven't been single for 18 years and now with this cultural divide, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I am getting a lot of attention. I find um, Mexican men to be really gentlemen. They're not, uh, don't make overt statements or gestures. If they're interested, they're very, very direct about it. You know, they'll ask you on a date. They'll pay for everything. They'll, You know what I mean? And, and when you say, hey, I'm... I'm not quite ready to dive into anything. They're like, oh, no, no, it's not a problem. They just want to be friends, you know what I mean? And and then it all happens in the dancing, right? So <laughs> so um, there's trying to navigate that water and um, both understanding, like, that I haven't been single for a long time. I am a relationship coach, so I, I have some insights that are um, – but when it's you, what you know, one of my favorite sayings that a friend told me is, um, you can't read the label from inside the jar, <laughs> right? So I'm really able to see what's going on with other people, but I can't figure out what's going on. I really, really can't. So I'm just like, just kind of staying out of it for a minute, you know. Well, that's interesting. Your your book, The Four Man Plan, um, yeah. has gotten a lot of tension on the island here. Oh, it has. The ladies, yes. Remember the uh, sisters meeting? Everybody, oh, yeah. You know, I don't know that anybody's read it. <laughs> um, do you want to want to talk about maybe yeah. that, that book and, yeah. and how that relates to where you're at right now? You know, thank God for my younger self. I've actually. Um, spoken to my younger self because you know people always say like talk to yourself like your yourself from 10 years from now and give yourself advice and and um I wrote this book called the four-man plan and it basically is a system for single women to date more than one man at a time to like go back to this old-fashioned dance card um scenario where you just get to know people I mean it takes time you know we all have lust and chemistry and infatuation and, and crushes, you know, um, but what's what, right? So it really teaches people how to 
observe themselves within the process of dating, giving men more space. You know, I think serial monogamy is one thing that's happening a lot. Like, you know, if I have sex with you, you're my boyfriend. Or the alternate, which is like, I'll have sex with everyone and nobody's my boyfriend. You know what I mean? So it's it's somewhere in the middle um, where you can just do, evaluate each relationship separately. But as you're dating multiple people, you realize that you're the common denominator. So if it's like three, you know, somebody would be like, three men are stalkers. And I'm like, girl. <laughs> and she's like, are you blaming the victim? I'm like, well, I'm zero stalkers. And then I was asking other people, like, how many stalkers do you have? You know what I mean? And they're like, zero. And I was like, I don't. I'm not saying you're doing something wrong, you know, but you are doing something or giving off some vibration that is um, causing a certain type of man to be attracted to you. You know what I mean? Um, and and you're not turning them off. You know what I mean? So so there's something to be said when you can look at a larger field and and see yourself as the single common denominator, and that's the growth process of being able to do this as a single woman as opposed to going like I'm going to figure out my whole love stuff when I'm in a relationship you can actually do it outside of a relationship dating multiple men and then enter into something a little healthier for yourself sure so I published that book with um, at Random House when I let's see that was 2007 so now I have sat down with my little you know, 10 years ago self and said like, girl, you really came up with something really great because if I didn't have that tool here now on Isla, you know, where I have a graph. So if you're doing the four man plan, there's a graph and every man has a quantifiable value, not based on their attractiveness. Like men like to do, Oh, she's a 10. She's at seven. You know what I mean? This scale is based on your connection with them. How many times have you seen them? Do they know about, you know, the other men? Are you sleeping with them? You can only have one of those. You know what I mean? Like there's these different um, quantifiable values and then you put them into a graph. And it's just been the best thing for me because like I've got a crush over here. They don't know my name. You know what I mean? This one keeps texting me. This one, you know, I keep seeing it at Captain Dolce. This one, you know what I mean? It's like, like it's still. So you are following your own process. I am basically. following my own plan and it's, it's really working for me as far as helping me, you know, with divorce and separation, breakups, I think you question a lot of things about yourself and I think that's very, very healthy to be like, how did I contribute to the demise of this relationship and also what did I take on that is maybe not true about myself, right? Um, like, like feeling insecure about if I'm attractive or not is something I really came on to easily with. You know, I had really doubted whether or not I had any sort of appeal am I too old really? you know? oh yeah oh yeah and um six months I'm cured of that that one's done I'm like okay I still got confidence back. back I got my confidence back right so you got a group back yeah yeah I got my group back so the, but the first round of men was very much about like Oh my god, you're attracted to me. You know, like it was so shocking. Like, is this a date? Are we on a date? Are you trying to hold my hand? Like it was it was 
that kind of shock. And now I have that status like, okay, what, what are we angling on here? You know, it, I got that little sophistication, but it has taken me, you know, this, this time that I've been here to regain my confidence. And now with that, I'm controlling the situation of the men that I'm with, um, not by controlling them, but by controlling myself. You know what I mean? And no one's like, okay, you've got it, girl. You know, you don't have to worry about that now. Who do you want to share what with? Mm-hmm. Wow, what a gift. That's uh Yeah, I was that's what I'm saying. I'm patting myself on the back I'm like, whew, this is a real winner. <laughs> <laughs> because without it, you know, I mean my husband jumped into a new relationship five weeks after oh, our official separation. Yes, you did say that. Yeah, and and he's in deep water. Do you know what I mean? Like right. he, now he's going to have to, if he breaks out, he has to go through a whole nother breakup and he wasn't even done with this breakup, yeah. you know, and me, I don't have to break up. Like I'm getting this experience of uh, male female interaction without having to be like, Oh God, now I'm in another thing and I wasn't ready for it. Right. So he, I think he's in a little bit more trouble than I am. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Wow. What a great story. We'll be back in a moment. Isla Mujeres is a Caribbean jewel off the coast of Cancun. Castellito del Caribe warmly invites you to enjoy our spectacular oceanfront villa located in the heart of El Centro and a short walk to Playa Norte, which is ranked one of the top 10 beaches in the world. With an ocean view of crystal clear turquoise waters overlooking both the Caribbean and Cancun city skyline, we offer a fabulous location for you to enjoy all the peace and tranquility you're looking for on vacation, while also taking in all the excitement the island has to offer, with activities either in walking distance or a golf cart day excursion away. Please visit castellitocaribe.com www.castellitocaribe.com We look forward to seeing you soon. Integrity Vacation Property Management Trust, Truth, Results From buyer's representative services to rental market analysis, staging, marketing, and full-service property management, achieving your goals is our top priority. Visit our website at www.integrityvpm.com and get our free guide, Self-Manage or Hire, a Property Owner's Checklist of Issues to Consider. Integrity VPM, raising the bar in vacation property management. Welcome back to the Overseas Life Redesign Podcast. Thank you so much for being here, and we invite you to subscribe if you like what you hear. So let's shift gears a little bit. So obviously with that type of a move, um, you have to have a way to support yourself, and you can't just come down here as a tourist and be able to start working. Yes. So you must have had a portable income that you could take with you when you... Yeah. Um, I I had some major health issues also crop up uh, earlier, maybe 12 years ago, and so I started down a path of natural wellness and... I mean, I was always into holistic things. I do energy healing work myself. Um, but it was still in my brain that if something was really wrong with me, I would turn to Western allopathic medicine. And I had black mold toxicity, and um, they were not really able to help me. In fact, what they suggested and the misdiagnosis and the prescriptions I was given um, were making me worse. So I started really investigating natural health and I found um, uh, 
doTERRA essential oils, and from that I became a, uh, I didn't want to be a brand whore, so I went and got certified as an international aromatherapist. I just wanted the education for myself. I mean, they were so potent and so powerful and so effective um, that I, 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 I could not live on Isla without them. There's a nasty bug going around right now. This stomach thing. Oh, oh yes, I have just puke so your guts out for three days. And I've been running around giving people immunity blend. Um, and I'm really blessed to have the knowledge I have with essential oils here because it makes me feel like I have a real tool for my own health. You know, bug bites, sunburns, stomach issues, you know, um, really whatever happens here I have something for it and I built that business in Malibu and we were Malibu essential oils and we still are now we've I've made it from an inventory model where we created blends you know for the celebs and other people um, where we would make their blends for them and now we're I've changed that to an online model where I teach people to make their own blends, they can access their doTERRA oils by being our members, and then I give them the education via Skype, and or, or Zoom, or FaceTime, whatever. And so that's how I made it portable. And was that something you started before you left? Yes, I started that before I left and had a nice, you know, it was an amount of money that in Malibu didn't mean anything. It was like right. two trips to the grocery store and a car payment. You know what I mean? Which is which is okay. It's not nothing, right. but it's not life. It's not you know, here it's life. You know, here it that chunk that I brought here is my rent. Is you know is enough for me to have you know fifteen dollars a day and my rent. And you know, here I could live on that. A long way. I could yeah. actually live on that. Um, and then secondly, I have my coaching from my book and from the healing work that I do, and I can do that also online, and they pay me into my PayPal account, they just pay me online, mm -hmm. and I do that entirely online. And then um, also, I can fly to my clients in the U.S. from here. Cancun is a really fantastic, I, I like Cancun Airport so much better than LAX. I can't oh, yeah. Like LAX. LAX sister. <laughs> oh my God, I have anxiety just thinking about LAX, you know, but the Cancun Airport is just like so sophisticated and so beautiful and you can go anywhere in the world from there. So I've basically reversed the model where I live in the vacation spot and I travel to the work spot. Mm -hmm. And now I only have to work two weeks to make two to three months of income here. Oh, isn't that fabulous? Yeah, it's really fabulous. Instead of working all year to scrape together two weeks worth of money to come here. Wow. Wow. And I didn't change my rates. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah. my rates are the same. And, you know, the most powerful statement I overheard at one of the first lunches I had here. And I was sitting next to two men and I was eating by myself. It didn't really help. I still love to eat by myself here, actually, because that's how you meet people. Oh, yeah. Um, and I just like watching. You know, I just like watching and listening. But he said to the other man, he's like, you want to know the secret? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like all ears, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and he, the other guy's like, yeah, sure. You know, and, and he's like, earn dollars spend pesos <laughs> yeah yeah and the other guy 
didn't really get it, but it just went shot through my entire body. I was like, oh, duh, you know, earn dollars, spend pesos. Yes. Right? So I really took that on. And then the second thing I heard was from uh, Mark Dixon. Mm -hmm. I asked him what he did here on Isla, right? Uh And he said that he was an ambassador for financial enrichment. Oh, I like that. Which meant that he spends money here. (laughs) And I went, I want that job. You know what I mean? I will bring my dollars here and I'll spend them. Now, as a Chinese woman, I am a notorious haggler. I love, love, love to haggle. I really don't haggle anymore. I, You know, now that I see what people get paid here, what their lifestyle is, you know, what we have and what that 50 pesos or 100 pesos difference means to us versus what it means to them. I don't have a whatever they say the price is. I just give it to them. If I buy more than four or five or something, I'll look at them like, come on. Right. And then I'll tell them like, so I, so you know, I like, like, come on, I'm going to buy five of these. Give me a break, right? Um, that's the only time I'll sort of lay it out there because sure. I, I also have done retail and I know what it's like to get just to get to move a bulk of items. You know what I mean? Um, so... No, I'm with you. Actually, we uh, were in Cancun and had our pool motor went out. Mm-hmm. And Oscar, our pool guy, said, yeah, yeah, there's a guy in Cancun and motor shop. He can rebuild it. And Tom's like, I don't know. It's pretty corroded. And they're super expensive, hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Mm-hmm. So we took it to this guy. And he said, dos horas, you know, two right. hours, come back. We went and had lunch. We came back. It was He had completely rebuilt the thing painted it he was spray painting it when we got there okay 460 pesos unbelievable and so we gave him 500 yeah. and said yeah it. you know yeah. like oh, yeah. that's 25 dollars oh my god yeah and you know he actually had a really funny sense of humor at first he said oh it's um gonna be um trace mill three thousand pesos and tom and i kind of looked at each other and they started bursting up laughing laughing and we just thought that was so funny, you know, this, this little hole in the wall place, no sign, nothing, just all of this. Tom said, I went by that. I thought it was a junk store. Yeah. He, he had no idea. And this guy was amazing. You get the most amazing services here. Um, you know, we were just, so I just bought five pieces of furniture. I got two chairs, a four foot like table desk thing, two a bookshelf and then a bigger shelf, like a pantry shelf. And, um... It was less than $250. Right. You know, and, and then I was so proud of myself because you have a motor. You have a motor. I have a motor. I put Manolo, who is from Chiapas, and they all came and brought their pine furniture that they made, you know, and they're just walking around selling it on the oh, street. Oh, yeah, on the street. Yeah. I put him, the table, the shelves, a chair on my moto with me. Oh, I wish I had a photo oh, of that. I rode him over here and I was so proud of myself because I, I was like, I'm the crazy lady with too much shit on her moto. It's <laughs> happening to me right now, you know? And and I was just like, it was one of those moments where I was like, wow, I really um, assimilated where I was like, he was walking and I was like, get on the moto. And he's like, oh, thank God. You know what I mean? Because it was hot. We had blocks and blocks to go. So, yeah, and then I wrote him back, and again, like, that, there was a respect there, you know what I mean? It just didn't feel threatened in any way, you know, I let him into my apartment, book my stuff down, it's like, it's not what people think it is, because when you just ask somebody their name, it's done, you know what I mean? You smile, you ask somebody their name, you tell them your name, 
it's it's just the the bond has already been created. You do an interaction like that, now everybody gets a base out. You know, <laughs> so it's really just a, a base of being a kiss, right? So it's just uh, it's just such a sweet life here. Yeah, yeah, and and everybody says you know good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You know, yeah. you you walk on the street and you know everybody just well you go to the Chedrawi, which is our market, and there's ten people in there. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and, and we're all hot and sweaty and gross. So no, you don't have to worry about it. Not like in Malibu when you know you're going to see people you know. Right. You really got to kind of. Well, you get this Mal- Malibu casual thing, but you know, it's it's still it's still just a different heart space that people open here. There's a realness here. Yeah, yeah. And I would say, you know, it's like I'm living pretty fat. I go to the tourist spots. Um, I like Capitan Dolce and I like the Mayan and you know um, there are days that I just go grab a chicken from the local people and you know do that kind of thing but even with that I get a massage once a week because I'm stressed from my mm-hmm. divorce um, you know I'm living here on a quarter of what I was living on there isn't that amazing it's amazing right you feel your moto tank it's Forty pesos. Oh, mine really? Mine, mine only will take forty pesos. Really? Yeah. Oh, mine takes. <laughs> this last one, I let it get really low. It took seventy-five pesos. Oh my! Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's four dollars. <laughs> yeah. And then a tip. You know what I mean? Of four course. fifty. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you get a tip. Fifty pesos. Tip yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of anti-motorcycle, actually, before we moved here. Tom's had a motorcycle since he was, you know, a teenager. But I've been, like, deathly afraid of them. So he he bought a moto before we left and made me learn how to drive it. it yeah. While we were still in Florida. So that when I got here, I at least had a I learned at the experience. airport. I learned at the little airport on Isla. Um, I, I... Oh, so you never drove a moto either. Oh, my God, no. <laughs> and I was terrified. But so here, you know, it's like bicycle moto golf cart or car right or walk or caps right Right. so so those are your choices the people i really envied were the motors and i just thought so how many women here ride motos right and they and they get dressed up on those but they wear like high-heeled shoes (laughs) and like get all dolled up with their little helmets and they have such great posture and i was like that is adorable i wish i knew how to do that and so, of course, like, one of the first locals I meet here, you know, they're so helpful. Oh, my God, they're so helpful. So he takes me to his friend's place that rents motos. I rent a moto for three days, right? Smart. He, yeah, he risks life and limb to, to teach me how to ride a moto at the airport, you know, on the strip. And I do figure eights. I go up and down. I just, you know... So that's kind of um, how I learned was three days with a rental. It's very much like horseback riding. It's not at all like having a bicycle. Um, and because it was like horseback riding, I felt really at home. And, and I just looked at everyone like, oh, we're all on horses. Well, that's sort of how in my brain, with this, this is how I navigate traffic with horses, you know, because I played a little bit of polo. So it's, it's just that, you know, that, that yeah, that experience of like, I do a posting trot over the speed, you know, <laughs> and then, you, you know, sometimes you have to accelerate out of trouble and look out for that guy. They don't have their turn, you know, they're going to turn and you don't know they're going to turn. So all that sort of clicked in for me. And 
And now I just ride my motor around Isla. Like this morning, I had my 7.30 a.m. salsa class. And then it's so pretty out. I just go the long way around Punta Sur and come yeah, all the way back to yeah. Well, speaking of salsa, music, I know, is your passion. Oh. And I have to ask you about your newest hobby, uh, biz- potential business, your new band. <laughs> started a band so. I don't think it's a business at all um, <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. It is a way I brought my ukulele, which I have owned for over three years. Um, I had maybe played it for the last year and a half. Right, because everybody buys an instrument and then we get so busy just sat there. But here, I really had time to practice. You know, we've just got the Netflix. There's not a lot of other distractions. And I started with the salsa dancing classes and found my little niche. And I think that's an important thing to look for here is what's your circle or what are your circles of people that you click with in different ways, you know, and uh, Ciro, so we have our Ciro who has, you know, this is a total after thing with him, but he does only have the one leg. Um, the harder thing is that Cuban accent in Spanish. That's the much harder thing about learning from him than, than the lack of the leg, you know, but we have other people in class that translate and, and stuff. So it started there. And then in that class, I met Debbie Seal Cubana, who had just started taking bongo lessons from Ciro. Ciro, who had played bongos for Fidel Castro when he was 13, like major percussionist um, in, in Cuba. So she was learning bongos, and I had the ukulele, and I had always wanted to, to be a singer. I was an actress for 20 years. And when people would ask me, why are you an actress? My stock answer was because I can't sing. <sighs> and I really couldn't, it just did not come naturally to me. So it's like here, I just practice and practice and practice. And then Ciro, who owns the Cuban Salsa Club, um, said, well, you guys should play here. And we're like, okay, uh, when? He's like, Sunday night. We're like, Sunday night? That's the big night. Oh, my. <laughs> that's the only night that's the big night there with all the music. And we were like, we could do, like, Wednesday? <laughs> Happy hour? <laughs> you know? He's like, no, Domingo, Domingo. I'm like, okay, Domingo. So we open for Barbie and the Salsa Band. Oh, my. Um, every Sunday at 6.30. And when it started, um, there was like four or five people for a holiday sing-along in December. And now, like, we pack the place at 6.30. It's crazy. I think, really, we're their little reality show. Because they watched us grow up from going, like, you know, not having any gear, trying to like fumble through pages, like nothing's memorized, <laughs> messing up all the time. Like we're, ner- I'm, I'm still this week. I'm like, I'm not apologizing into the mic if I miss something. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'll be playing and I'll miss it. I'm like, sorry. I was like, oh. <laughs> uh, but we're actually getting good, and we picked up a a, a a saxophone player from from Cancun who plays at Mayan um, on Fridays, and I met him, and he's just. This, beautiful saxophone player and, and I was like do you want to play with us <laughs> you know and he was like 
where? I said, at Rincon Cubano. He's like, oh, Ciro, I know Ciro. He's like, I would love to. And so uh-huh. now we have this beautiful saxophone player that has upped our game. So the dream come true, right? And I tell people, it's like, this is my own little midlife. I don't want to say crisis. It's a process, right? Mm-hmm. Where I, you know, moved to a Caribbean island and started a band. Ooh, sounds like another book. Yeah, well, it's... <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I've been taking notes. The, that was the, my big tragedy on Isla so far has been I spilled water on my computer. I don't know if that 120-page that document of my notes of my existence here so far um, may or may not be lost. And that's something I am going to take to the U.S. to address. Um, I already tried in Cancun. and Well, we'll hold energy that you are able to recover and eat everything. I'm, on I'm, computer. Okay. I'm trying to remember as much as I can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're just such a delight. Are you, you obviously seem very outgoing, so you didn't really have any reservations about coming to a new place. Oh, no, no, no. I am not outgoing. I mean, I am, I am an introvert. You know, we were just having this discussion. Because somebody said, like, and he's a very boy, a loud guy, boy, funny guy, and he said to me, he's like, well, I'm shy, right? And then this, our friend, she's like, you're not shy. And I said, no, Randall, I can see how you're shy because I'm also shy and people don't think I'm shy because I'm friendly and well-spoken and, you know, once I open my mouth, but that leap that that has to be made to get I have to every single time like go talk to that person go shake their hand now ask them their name like I have to pep talk myself really through every step of getting to know oh I'm so so um pulled in you know I have to I have to draw myself out I mean my husband would probably identify me as part hermit Really? Oh, yeah. I would be on a ranch of 17 acres with three other people, and we didn't even really talk that much, for days at a time. I just wouldn't need to be around anybody. So Isla has really challenged me to be that person who can just introduce yourself, like, you know what I mean? Just open up. And and, and also, too, I think in, in the U.S. and L.A., it's like if you're not feeling well, if you're a little depressed, if you're a little anxious, I would just stay in, you know. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, well, I'm supposed to be at Rincon on Sundays, you know. So if I'm crying over my divorce and something's happened or I'm having feelings, like, I just show up in tears. And it just happened at the sisters' meeting. It's like, I'm like, yeah. I'm needy and, and angry and frustrated today, but here I am, you know. And everybody just surrounded yeah. me with love. And they all, you know, they just like dance with me and they tell me their stories and they share their knowledge and their experience or they just freaking hug me, you know, and that has been the thing that as as, as somebody, I won't say I'm I'm introverted, right, where it's like, I'd rather not, you know, um, has made me go like, I, I think, I think in that aspect, you know, my husband definitely had a point. It's like I did, wasn't social enough, and Isla is really teaching me the gifts of of that kind of community, community building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. Yeah, cool. But it's not a big deal in the U.S., is it? Because it's not. At least where I was, we were all too far away from each other mm-hmm. and too busy. Well, yeah. There's so many, like you said, so many distractions that keep yeah. us from making those human connections. 
um, that are so precious and, and so rewarding. So precious. You know, and the thing here, too, is like everything's 10 minutes away. Right. You know, and, and if you show up and you only want to stay for 45 minutes, it's think, okay. That's totally fine. You know, the culture here suits me yes. in that way. Yeah, but yeah. the pressure. Pressure. No, there's no pressure. There's no there's no pressure to even wear shoes. <laughs> well, there's lots of dogs on the island, so it's probably. But you know what I mean? Like there's no pressure to show up in any right. particular way or perfect. Your nails done. No, my God, yeah, and yeah, perfect and their joy and all that kind of stuff. Or yeah. like I said, happy and yeah. functioning. You know, you can be non-functional and roll around this joint, and everybody will take care of People you. People gonna put their arm around you and say, yeah. oh, "How's it going?" <laughs> awesome. Well, good stuff. Well, is there anything I didn't ask you that you wanted to share? Um, it's just been an absolute joy to have this conversation with you. I know. It's really, it's really fun to talk about all this, actually, because it's just a way to button a transition because when you're in it, it it just feels a little bit like chaos and bliss. It's like all the feelings are happening at the same time. So I really appreciate getting to take a step back and be like, oh, you know what? All right. Yeah. Um, I will say that endeavoring to learn the language has been probably the greatest reward for me here. And oh, I know that both the language of Spanish and the language of music, um, having the time to learn something new at this age, I'm 48, opened up, well, Spanish speakers in the world is, I think it's like over 300 million. And then music, that's everybody. And so even if I'm here a year, and I hope I'm here much, much longer than that, I will have picked up things that I can carry with me throughout the world, you know, that has just changed my horizons as far as being able to create those communities and find people. So I would say if anybody's thinking about making this shift, you know, really spend some time to learn the language. Yeah. Especially Spanish, right? Because they appreciate Even your just effort. a few words. Oh, yeah. I know? mean, the French are terrible about, like, they'll just yeah. like, oh, please, just stop. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, but here, a few words, a, few, a phrase, you know, que rico, like, whatever they kind of use themselves, like, they just light up. And, and that has brought in both communities for me. Yeah, absolutely. And and I will just as a shameless self-plugger. So it's the fourmanplan.com, the F-O-U-R, manplan.com. And then our um, essential oils website is my.doterra.com slash Malibu. Awesome. So if you order oils from there, then I will consult you. Well, and after this interview, I know there's going to be a lot of people that want to uh, connect with you. So thank you for sharing that. <laughs> thank you, Don. I mean, thank you for being one of my original, like, just rocks here. She came to pick me up at the ferry the first time I came back. And that was very, very heartwarming. And also, you know, invited me into the community with the sisters and, you know, just, just also gave me hugs and advice when I was crying my eyes out. So I really <laughs> appreciate it. Awesome. This episode of the Overseas Life Redesign podcast was brought to you by our sponsors. Thanks for tuning in. Did you love this episode of the Overseas Life Redesign podcast? Then please subscribe to our show and leave us a nice review. It's very much appreciated. We invite you to visit www.overseasliferedesign.com and take the Are You Ready for an Overseas Life Relocation Readiness Quiz. 
We'd also love for you to become part of our OLR community on Facebook. Thank you for listening. Thank you.